Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. So today we're uh, going to talk about incorporating alcohol in CCR. So it's kind of a tricky topic, um, but also one I think that um, is is worth talking about. And I managed to browbeat Narelle and Valerie into doing an episode on it. Um, be, because I think we live in the world. And so it it is an issue that comes up. So it's worth talking about. And um, I think this is a, another episode where I think I can say that there isn't a definitive right or wrong answer here. Um, you're you. going to get six opinions from the three of us. You know? <laughs> um, and that's a teetotaler, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I well, think. Yeah. You don't know. Well, she- you might have gotten in somebody's glassware. No, I don't think I've so. I've actually caught Miss Daisy with her tongue in the dregs of a glass of white wine. Oh. And she got drunk and she's on her catch tree. Oh, <laughs> and no. she's yeah, we learned. We learned that never to leave anything like that anywhere near her because I have seen her drunk and it's That's it's hilarious. not good. It is not good. <laughs> Learn from Daisy's mistakes. That's right. Yes. So yes. just like the decision to drink in your own life is something that you need to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, I think your decision to read books or authors whose characters have any sort of relationship with alcohol needs to be made the same way. Um, and and as authors, our decision to include it or not include it is something that that we are hopefully prayerfully approaching. Um, that's that's my caveat, my disclaimer. Probably been thought about not accidentally inserted. Yeah. So um, back in the day, (laughs) the 80s and 90s, alcohol in CCR was this huge no-no, maybe even into the early 2000s, I think, because Mm. it was still... Probably still is in Love Inspired. Yes, and and absolutely there. Um, Love Inspired is is exactly the place to, to look at that. They tend to be on the more conservative end just to make sure that they don't offend someone. Um, and and that was the the overall overarching thing with Christian publishing at all, um, into probably the early 2000s. Um, better to avoid it than to be a problem. Um, and then that that has changed. Why do you think that has changed? (laughs) Do you have any thoughts on that, Narelle? I think it's, I definitely think it relates to culture. Um, I wrote a blog post at Inspire Romance. I think it was the beginning of 2022. About a year and a half ago. Yeah, I looked it up. Yeah, Yeah, on alcohol and CCR. So personally, I wouldn't put alcohol in a book as an author with someone who's regularly drinking. And there's a whole bunch of reasons as to why. Mm -hmm. But that's a personal thing. And I don't put what I personally think onto other authors. But there are readers who um, will get very upset if they see alcohol in a book. And so it's, it's such a tricky, tricky topic. Um, I think in Australia, people don't bat an eye at someone drinking a glass of wine in a Christian romance Mm -hmm. or having a beer at the footy. I mean, we live in such an alcohol saturated culture, particularly the connection between sport and alcohol is very strong. 
And we also have a lot of um, European migration that happened in the 70s and 80s, and that brings across wine as being uh, a cultural part of having dinner. So you have dessert and then you have a glass of wine that matches the food you're eating and all that kind of thing. So we have that sort of alcohol embedded in our culture in a way that's not necessarily destructive or a problem. Whereas if you, I looked at what was going on in America, I watched the movie Footloose. I thought that was a hilarious joke until I realised that that's actually what life was like in certain parts of the States. Oh, certain parts. <laughs> in not, certain parts. Not, not everywhere. <laughs> not everywhere. But I actually, that was, I could not relate to that movie, the no drinking, the no dancing. I mean, we have 18 is the age to drink alcohol in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, back, if you go from the 90s backwards, um younger people could walk into a pub and probably weren't going to get picked up for being underage. Now it's a different ball game with ID being there's, the licensing laws are very strict. Mm-hmm. Things are very different now, but back in the day it was a lot more relaxed. So I think Australians have probably viewed American books as being more conservative because culturally we're slightly different. So I think that makes a difference. But maybe as time's moved on, American culture has become more like Australian culture, which may be good or it may be bad. <laughs> Valerie? I, I agree that the change we see in fiction is mimicking a few years behind, but mimicking what's happening in society. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned dancing as well. The drinking and dancing was, I mean, yeah, both very forbidden in my childhood because I'm so old and also because of the Mennonite um, subculture Um, and it was like like, two things that just really went together right and going to movies like all of that three corporal horrible sins that you might commit but you commit them knowingly right Mm -hmm. um so because many Christians now do enjoy occasional moderate drinks, um, a lot of times even the major publishers have relaxed their thoughts on that a little bit. And then, of course, we are independent authors and we can, in fact, put anything we want in our books. Um, we can only do it so many times and with, you know, with whatever um grace or whatever if we want readers to buy we have to we have to pay attention to what readers want to read but nobody's stopping us from having whatever however much drinking if we want the characters drinking in every chapter we can do it the readers may not appreciate it we might get one star reviews we might get boycotted whatever but we we're allowed we can do it if we want to so, and I, the other thing too, divorced characters was another thing that was just like really, mm. really, yeah. absolutely did not happen in contemporary Christian romance, like 15, 20 years ago, just didn't yeah. happen. It was okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to go. Never mind. <laughs> we can do a whole episode on divorce if we need to do that. <laughs> That's not where I was going. Okay. But anyway. So I, I tend to agree. I think the American church um, in general has become more accepting of casual alcohol drinking. Um, and and that's so that then as that permeates the Christian culture, where it used to be um, the American culture was fed by this idea of Christian values that has been broken away from in the 80s late 80s and 90s you know and through 
And so now I would say our culture is much less influenced by Christian values. And in fact, Christian values are starting to be influenced by um, the, the secular culture. And so, um, you know, we used to have, and there are still some towns, you mentioned um, Footloose, small Southern towns that totally, like when my husband was stationed in Georgia in the mid nineties, um, we were not in a dry county, but there was a dry county right next door, you know, and, and they still had laws, like there were no alcohol sales on Sundays, um, that sort of thing. Or, um, but, but I, I imagine that those are going away um, today. I haven't been back, but in the last 20 years, I'm sure that that has changed. And so, um, you know, social drinking. I'd like to point out that's 30 years ago. Mid-90s. Whatever. Ten years ago in the nineties. So you had prohibition. <laughs> so I, the 90s. And I think this is another difference. In Australia, I did some research on prohibition. And interestingly, where I live in Canberra has been the only jurisdiction that's ever had prohibition. And that's when they were building the capital city and they didn't want all the workers to get drunk and be rowdy. Yeah. And ironically, the person who was in charge of the home affairs person that put in this law in place was his name was King O'Malley. He was an American. And there's now a very famous pub, which is an alcohol drinking place, a tavern in the city in Canberra called King O'Malley's. So that's taking the mickey out of the fact there was once prohibition. So we've never had a history, a widespread history in this country of prohibition. And I think that also makes a difference as well. I believe it does. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Um, so, so I would say there are still churches that are strict um, about alcohol use um, mm-hmm. denominations or just individual churches within yeah. multiple denominations. But I think it's less of an issue and that is what's making it more acceptable in fiction. That's my thought. Yes. All right, so Narelle yeah. jumped ahead a little bit and already mentioned her personal preference when it comes to alcohol and CCR. <laughs> when Valerie, do I ever follow instructions? That's okay, that's okay. <laughs> Valerie, do you have personal preference there? Um, of course I do. Um, in my Urban Farm Fresh Romance series, I have an Italian family and as I was thinking about this family with the the grandmother and her adult children and her young adult grandchildren I thought I could make a deal of why this family would never drink or I could let them have a glass of wine occasionally and see what happens now you guys who've been watching this for a while we we sometimes talk about how we personally write books right and um my method is to try and do as much figuring out of my setting and my series and my core characters for a whole series at one time and then basically they just kind of run loose and do what they want when it's their turn and so i didn't really think that through completely um as i went into this series and it turned out that one of the grandsons in that family did in fact become having a problem with alcohol um so the family kicks in to help and and this wasn't a planned thing from the beginning I'd like to say that it was all part of the master plan but it absolutely was not so 
it's a very minor part of the series, which is 12 books. So it's a lot of books, but except for the couple of books where that becomes a, a real issue in his life. So I think there's a place for it to be mentioned casually. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also a place where an author could take that and make it a little bit more pointed. Mm -hmm. um, and I have done both, I guess. So I, yeah, I tend to like, I don't mind a drink or two on the page or in my own life, if, if it makes sense. Um, fancy dinners, special occasions. Um, I don't love characters who need to drink to relax. Um, mm -hmm. Because to me, in my personal life, I feel like that is opening the door to a, a, a not great relationship with the alcohol. The things why are you drinking it? Um, if you need it to relax, then you need to do some introspection, in my opinion. Um, so I don't love seeing it in books if that's how they're doing it, unless they're going to then go on and do the introspection with the character, you know, because I also do think I like my books to represent real life. Um, <clears throat> I love the fantasy of the billionaire. I love the happily ever after. I love the fantasy that we get in books too, but I also love the ability for books to address things um, that we need to be thinking about as believers living in the world. Um, and so since we are talking specifically about Christian romance, these are presumably then written from a Christian worldview, which is not to say like, don't drink alcohol is not part of a Christian worldview, but don't be controlled by alcohol because the only thing that should be controlling you is your relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit speaking in your life. Absolutely. Preach. Then, yeah. <laughs> you know, then, then that's where it becomes something worth exploring. Um, and, and I love the books that explore that. So if you're going to use alcohol to explore the, the, it, it, we've seemed to have stepped away from it a little bit, but in the right when I had my first child, early uh, 2008, um, there was a big mommy needs wine culture, which seems to have faded mm. a little bit. But I would love books that explored why that's not great. Like, you know, wine is not the defining characteristic of your relationship with your child. It should not be. And if it is, here again, you need more, more Jesus. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and I get that it's more nuanced than that. I make it sound very cut and dried and there are factors and all of this kind of thing, but a good book, if it's going to go there, can go there really well. And then I would love that. But if it's just going to be like, oh, my character is a mommy needs wine girl. And it's just seen as, ha ha, that's funny. We love you and you love Jesus. And you just are drink, you just drink a lot. That's going to disappoint me. Because to me, that is opening the door for someone who is struggling in their walk or in their relationship with alcohol to say, but this is a Christian character who never had a problem with it. And she was, you know, two, two huge tumblers of wine in every time she was on the page. And look, she's still fine. She got her happy ending. And this is where we then have this issue with books giving you unrealistic expectations. Um, 
Yes. Because, because while that might work in fiction, in real life, if you're going through half a bottle of wine between the hours of three and five, just to get through the afternoon, you're going to develop an issue with alcohol. Well, you have an issue of alcohol if that's yeah. what you're doing. Already. And I think, <laughs> I mean, the guidelines are there. I mean, the stats show that one in 10 people at least have a problem with alcohol. So if you've got a, a 12 book series like Valerie's Urban Farm Fresh Romance, she's writing realistically if one of her characters has a problem with alcohol. Because statistically, and I have 24 characters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I yeah. have two with a problem because we can't forget Dixie kind of no. has a problem. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that, yeah. that's real life. And but I think there's... it would be unrealistic to have a big Italian family that never drank. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that there are big Italian families who don't. I'm, but you would need to then seed that into their story of why don't well, they? Well, you could, or you could just, just not ever think about it. Like, just yeah. like I wouldn't normally with my characters, most of my series, there would be no mention of alcohol at all. Yeah. And I don't feel like a need to go, and we're not drinking because, blah, blah, sure, blah, sure. you know. <laughs> yes, that's that's called author intrusion. Yes. But in terms of casual drinking, so from from my position as a reader, mm-hmm. is I'm not I'm very aware of um, alcohol addiction and how difficult that is, and really aware of how readers want contemporary Christian romance to be a safe space, somewhere that's like like reading the Bible, the reading the Bible is a safe space mm-hmm. and reading Christian nonfiction is a safe space. And we want CCR to also have that same feeling of I trust the author not to take me somewhere that's going to cause me grief. And if you're an alcoholic and reading someone who's knocking back cocktail after cocktail, drinking lots of wine, then if the author's not doing that for a reason, then I'm ready to throw my Kindle at a wall. Um, but that at the same time, you can also have a setup of a really fancy dinner and wine can be poured, but you don't, the author doesn't have to say that she took 10 sips. You know what I mean? Like you, can, you don't have to get into the, the nitty gritty. So you can have a setup where you're in a, a bar or you're in a pub. I mean, I'm quite happy to go there in a CCR, but I don't need to know the details of how many sips somebody has. And I don't need that to sort of be a micro focus. So it can be part of what's going on in the background of the story. But the person who's reading it that has a problem with alcohol isn't sitting there reading about that glass coming up and going into the mouth. And I really think that's that really is a defining point for me. And if I see other characters thinking, ha ha, that's funny. She's the drunk girl. He's the drunk guy. That's really cute then I just want to throw my kindle at a wall as well I just to me that's just not what I want to see in a CCR and I get really disappointed when I see authors do that really really disappointed because that's such a missed opportunity as well and I think do you actually I think there's a point where we can't like there's there's always going to be someone we offend I mean let's be honest there's always something we're going to write about that's going to hit a hot button and it's probably going to be unintentional. Um, for example, if we just talk about T.I. Lowe's book that we recently talked about, Indigo Isle, she wrote a scene about someone being sexually harassed in the exact same way it happened to me. Now, I mean, that's quite, it's it's bizarre that that happened, but these things do happen. But she didn't do that in a way that was to make me feel uncomfortable or no. whatever. It just happened to be the same situation. But you can pretty much guarantee if you're writing about a character and talking about how they're feeling as they that wine goes down their throat, you're going to be triggering somebody. Yeah. And so I think thinking about how you actually write it 
is actually in some ways more important as to whether or not it exists. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I think so. That's a good point. Um, So I kind of skipped ahead this time because my my next thought was (laughs) that uh, CCR does purposefully um, often include themes, you know, designed to encourage believers to think about their position on, on things and to help shape your worldview. Because any of the media we consume, whether it's CCR or the evening news or, you know, the, the football game, has an imp- effect on your worldview. Media does. Um, and, and you need to have a strong enough grip on your Christ-based worldview to be able to reject or accept things. Um, and Christian fiction can help you fine-tune that if it's, if it's done well. Um, so if that was the intention of the author to, to challenge your worldview about alcohol, through the pages of their book, what what would you want to see, or how would you want them to make that clear? I'll go first. <laughs> I was going to say, or I can go first, so we understand the question. But how I answer yeah. it? I think. I mean, I re- I like to see consequences. So, I mean, if you want to get, if you want to go back to definitions, um, it's. The problem alcohol, every, there's definitions everywhere. Have, having half a bottle of wine in two hours is a problem alcohol situation. I think it's more than 10 drinks a week. There's all the different standards that are out there. And I think if authors are aware of what's considered problem drinking and if they're going to tackle it, I'd like to see the truth. Like it's not just all fun, ha-ha, she's the cute girl in the corner getting drunk. I want to actually see what's going on. Why is the character feeling like they need to use alcohol as a crutch to get through the day or what's going on with this very serious addiction they have. And I really like it when authors do tackle issues like addictions. I think that can be so valuable to read. There's so much in terms of how that relates to faith as well. I mean, because the whole 12 step program originally was based upon the first step was admitting that you're powerless over alcohol and that you need a higher power. Mm So, I mean, God can, work through people's lives despite their addictions and I really love seeing the um the beauty coming from the ashes if that makes sense and seeing seeing that journey to wholeness and people taking responsibility as well because I think that's probably the first step if someone's got an out-of-control addiction that they're not addressing then they're not taking responsibility and they're also not necessarily a good candidate to be in a contemporary christian romance either because they're probably not ready to be close to getting married so there's also that side of it so often you'll see side characters are the ones that are struggling or you're down the track where someone has struggled in the past and sometimes it's easier to read if it's happened in the past because it's not so in your face but I would hate to see authors not going there in terms of dealing with addictions and dealing with alcohol because they're afraid of what readers will think. I think that would be very sad. Um, But there's definitely ways it can be done really, really well where readers will close the book and say, that was an amazing story. I'm so glad the author tackled that issue. I learned this. I discovered that. I now understand my family member that has an addiction more than I did when I started reading the story. So there's a lot of good things that can come out of tackling it. Generally speaking, if there's a point to be made that that not everybody might agree with, I like to see two or more characters being given the the opposite sides of the issue and have them discuss it. Have one be defensive 
one be moderate, maybe a third one be very against and very vocal and maybe not even very nice and let them talk about it on the page. Let it play out. It, sometimes it can sound like the author is like, oh, this book is going to be about alcohol and this is what I think about alcohol. So this is what you, mm. dear reader, are going to get all my barrels in one. But it doesn't have to be that way. And um, we have talked previously about Jennifer Rodewald's book, um, Blue Columbine. And it's the only one I'm going to mention by name today. So if we're talking about a full-on alcohol, alcoholic as hero or heroine, um, that's a really tough place to go in Christian romance for all the reasons that Norelle just mentioned. And this was a very hard story to read. And I don't actually recommend it to just everyone. Um, but if it is a topic you want to see well handled in Christian romance, then then I will recommend it to you. Um, it was very hard to be in Andrew's mind as he denied having a problem. Uh, it was hard to be in Jamie's mind. She had been... They'd been good friends as children and they would just come back into each other's lives and they're renewing a friendship. And she's like, but I think he's got a problem. No, he doesn't have a problem. Yeah, he's got a problem. Um, so he, she's trying to help him. She doesn't realize how big the problem is for quite a long time. Yeah, half, before half she realizes yeah. she has to step mm. away and let him self-destruct. So one thing about this sort of a story that, happens right in the middle of the trenches is the author needs to give it a lot of time a lot of time has to elapse because otherwise it's unbelievable you have a problem with alcohol oh you're right i should get right on fixing that next week now we're engaged it's great yeah. um, and we now have a very toxic codependent marriage that will be unpacked yeah. in a women's fiction book <laughs> so, so you'll see this clearly in the book description for that book you'll know what you're getting in for, mm -hmm. um, especially if you follow the advice we have given in other episodes about reading the look inside, mm -hmm. the preview mm -hmm. on Amazon. Um, but in a secondary character, it's a little, a little bit more fluid because you can go there a little bit or a lot. But um, yeah, as an author, I really feel like I need to keep my readers in mind and I need to keep my own conscience in mind as well as to where I'm going. Well, and you mentioned both um, Basil and Dixie in yeah. your Urban Farm Fresh series. Mm -hmm. And and the fact that you see their problem developing over the previous books, and it's a nice 14 book, really long series. 12. So there's, yeah. oh, 12, sorry. Almost 14. Two missing ones. Um, <laughs> um, so there's room for them to struggle crash, recover, and then be at a place where they're healed and they available, the hero or hero. Yeah, available to be in a relationship without it becoming the codependent story of the week for the for women's fiction. Hello, Dixie. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, everybody's, it's, it's not like you'll never struggle again once you are healed either. That's, you know, and I think you show that too. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with all of that. It needs to um, just be handled the way that you would want it handled in your friend group. If you had a friend mm -hmm. who was 
starting to show signs of an issue or you just are starting to realize that they've been showing signs for a while, you know, there needs to be prayer. There needs to be conversation about what do we do? How do we approach this? Um, and, and it needs to just be handled the way that you would hope that someone would handle you if they were going to confront you about something that had become ungodly in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And alcoholism, alcoholism doesn't look the same with every person. It's like, there's so many shades of gray and so many different ways that it can manifest. Some people are very extroverted social drinkers. Other people, they're in, they're at home in the closet, hiding away, drinking secretly. Um, some people can stop drinking cold turkey and never drink again and never be tempted. Other people, every single day, they're tormented for the rest of their life over um, the thought of alcohol. And it's I suppose I always come back to the reader because at the end of the day, we are writing for our readers and how can we be responsible in the way we write a story so that we don't cause our readers to, into, to fall into temptation? I think that's sort of where I sort of land with and this and that's very hard. Also on the flip side, you don't want to come across as overly condemnatory to someone who has or has had a problem with with any any issue alcohol or whatever you're discussing at the time you know there is a there's a balance because alcoholics are just as forgiven by Jesus yep. as as non-alcoholics are yep. um so um you know it's important i think to make sure that that that's included as well that you know Jesus doesn't look at you and go oh man i forgave everybody but the alcoholics darn you know no <laughs> he forgave everybody um and and so there's you know there's that healing there is forgiveness it is not unforgivable um there's nothing that is unforgivable so and i think we need to be sure that we convey that yes yeah and i think we kind of hit the last question unless you have final things you want to add valerie <laughs> Um, I asked in my reader group um, recently what their thoughts were on alcohol. I specifically said, not your personal, like whether you drink or not. That's not what I'm asking for. I'm asking for your threshold on seeing it portrayed in a story. Um, are you somebody who like first drink on the page and you're out or like whatever, right? So they said they will, most of them said they would notice that first drink. And if it, you know, they go, okay, mm -hmm. let's kind of tuck that over on the side here. Um, but if it comes up several times, they want to know why it's important. Um, they don't want it there for window dressing, although somebody did say that it helps to set the scene, like you said, for a fancy dinner, a celebratory dinner or something, um, you know, can kind of, can kind of see that. But if it's an author that they already know and trust, they're far more likely to get way into it, even if they're beginning to wonder why this is in here, because they trust that author yeah. to, to bring it no. home in some way. So um, I think that's, that's a lot of it, is that if, if an author starts their career with a, a book like that, uh, with alcohol being flowing freely and it not really mattering to the story and whatever then then 
there's a good percentage of Christian readers who are going to be like, I, yeah, I don't think I'm going to read that author again. But if they already trust that author, I'm sure Jennifer Rodewald, that wasn't her first book, right? I'm sure that her, her readers came with her there and she's written other difficult topics as well. Um, so we know that's what we're going to get with her many times. She's not somebody that I'm just going to read just for funsies. She's not rom-com. She's not, you know, but if I want to get deep into a topic, then I know she, she's got the skills to take me there and take me back out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the Bible talks about not getting drunk. So let's let's not beat around the bush. There is information that you can read in the Bible that makes it quite clear that being drunk is not okay. And that's something that to bear in mind. I think the the issue can be what do you define as being drunk? So my personal definition would be if you're not legally allowed to drive a motor vehicle because you're over the limit, then that's probably hitting that territory. And so... I think as a as a reader, if I'm reading a main character in their point of view who's tipsy and probably over the limit, then I will probably pass on the book unless I really, really trust that author. Yeah. And I, if this is if I'm reading CCR, if I'm reading contemporary fiction or I'm reading a different genre, it, that's a com- that's completely different. But I'm talking purely in CCR if they're there. And the other thing I'd say to authors and publishers is that if you are having characters that are dealing with alcoholism it's a trigger warning topic please put it in the book description for readers so if a reader is struggling with addictions or struggling with alcoholism that they know that this book may be something to be wary of may not be the right book for them right now it might be the perfect book to read in five years but it may not be the right thing to pick up and Um, I really appreciate authors that do have lists of difficult topics that they address and trigger warnings because I think that can be super helpful for readers as well. Well, and and especially like with alcohol too, it's not always even the person who is the alcoholic. If you grew up with an alcoholic, it may be a triggering issue for you depending as, you know, how it's being handled and that. So yeah, I agree. It, it, It is if you're addressing it as a topic, it, it's worth making sure that it's clear from the beginning that that's going to be yes. there so that you're not just blindsided by it. Um, yeah. Because, because yeah, then, then it just sort of sours the whole experience. And like Valerie said, potentially the author, if you don't have the, the relationship with this author and, and the books to overcome it. Yeah. And you, but you'd never know that though, because you could write, I mean, Jennifer Rodewell could have 20 books before Blue Columbine, but an author could pick up Blue Columbine as her first book. Sure. So I think it's more a case of every author or publisher should assume that the book they're picking up is brand new to that reader. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's Fair. true. And in, and in this particular case, it's very clear in the book description yeah. that you've got a hero with a serious problem problem. yeah yeah so you know the reader unless you're just clicking on covers and don't do that people (laughs) read the don't judge a book by its cover neither good nor bad yeah read at least the the description if not the look inside although please do read the look inside i firmly believe you should reviews maybe up to you but definitely um the description and and the look inside and then um make your choice 
Yep. Unless you're a reader that doesn't worry about things and can just read anything, then you yep. can just do what you want and pick by a cover or <laughs> throw darts. Do what and- they want. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Nobody <laughs> listens to me. The cat doesn't listen to me. My oh. family. You know. <laughs> but some readers are quite happy just to pick up a book with yeah. no idea what's happening and start reading. I'm not that reader, and okay. I don't understand that. But I know there are readers that are quite oh, happy right. to do that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Um, I think we probably have discussed it enough. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We would love to know your thoughts. You can leave a comment on the YouTube page. Um, YouTube page. I swear I'm not a grandma. It is a page. (laughs) Yeah. The YouTube channel. Um, Or on the Facebook page if you want to. So um, we appreciate you joining us today. Um, Again, let us know your thoughts. What you think. and you can find information about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash story chats. And if you are over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And we will look forward to seeing you again next week. In the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.